This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 677 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. On today's show, we are going to talk to Martha Cook, Managing Director of Trafalgar Square Books. After that, Felicitas von Neumann Cosell comes on to talk about contact. And to close the show, Reese and I have a trainer tip about geometry. Reese Coppler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. <laughs> Hi, Phil. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing good. You know, a little, little tired, but uh, you know, with full yeah. steam ahead here in Ontario, <laughs> Canada. Weather is beautiful. This I love it. I so uh, I need to come and visit. This is the time. This is the window. Is the We're time. in it. The, we have two <laughs> weeks left before it snows again. Yeah, so um, you have a very small window. It's a very small window, and that's when I come to see Phil. Except when you got married, and and it was it was it was a little later in the year. But uh, yeah, well, um, today, Phil, I did something that I said I would never do. So remember, everybody, never say never. Uh, we did hay today. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's, uh, no, no. <laughs> No, it isn't. And the reason I said never. So I remember being a working student and doing hay and thinking, when I'm a grown up, I am never doing this. Well, <laughs> fast forward uh, 30 years, probably well, maybe 28 years, whatever. Anyway, so you guys know where I'm going with this. And uh, I don't know if anybody else's hay prices have gone through the roof, but obviously mine have gone through the roof like everyone else's. And, um, I have a, a Phil knows I have a piece of property that, uh, was for my retired horses. And, um, right now I don't have any retired horses on the property. So it was just sitting there. So it was driving me crazy. I was like, this thing needs to make some money or something like, and it's a specific type of property and it's really for retired horses. It's away from the main property and you have to either cross a Creek or go on a road. So I, I don't like a lot of cross between the, between the properties, if that makes sense. So, um, but I have learned a lot in this, uh, endeavor. Number one, Hey guys, don't like small pieces of property. That's very no. piece of information. No. Um, number two, I have amazing neighbors who really helped me. I shout out to Colleen who really helped me organize this because I don't really have connections with hay farmers. So Colleen hooked me up. She helped me find the person. She helped uh, find a crew to help me today to put some up. And then my other sweet neighbor, Brad, um, I was kind of joking with him one night. I was like, yeah, we're doing hay. And I kind of was half joking today when I sent him a message on Facebook. And he's like, no, I get off at 530. So at 530, I was out there by myself. <laughs> and he came. Because, uh, of course, it happens to be a day that we're recording the show. And my assistant's on a well-deserved vacation. And my other gentleman couldn't come in today. So it was me. And and then there was a crew, too. So uh, shout out. So I have great neighbors. And I would say I would never do it again. But there's a big price difference it takes, it takes, it takes a, a village to to it does. Uh, you know cut bail 
move hay and you know to uh, get it into your barn you know so yes yes so and anyone yeah. who's ever done it uh, <laughs> you know, can appreciate yeah. it and also is laughing with me I, i'm not gonna yeah. lie i um I, I i i got a quick shower like i ran in i had like eight minutes before we had to record so I, my clothes are still in the pile in the bathroom and i just told travis i was like just don't touch them because <laughs> they gotta go right to the washer <laughs> directly to the washer and uh yeah and i've maybe had a couple beers at this point they felt well deserved um but I felt very proud of myself. Um, I feel like I got a great workout in. Tony would be very proud. I did ask Tony what he was doing tonight, and he didn't return my phone call. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I've got a great way to work out, you know, do a workout. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah. So anyways, but I feel very accomplished. And um, I cut my, my hay cost down by like $8 a bale. So I feel really good about that. So um, I'm not going to say never, but I'm going to have to think about it next year. <laughs> Just remind me, Phil, how I feel. Right okay. Now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll play back this segment uh, the yeah. start of the show just to, just to, you know, give you a couple of remand, reminders about yeah, how, it is. how hard and, that uh, is. Yeah. And uh last week we had a horse show. Uh my 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 boy is getting a lot of miles Derzauber. He's owned by Backberry Ridge Farm. Uh it was great. Uh and we had it was the show of uh like almost four seasons. Like it was crazy. It, the first two days were so hot, like really hot. And then we had a storm come through and it rained. And when I mean rained, it really rained. Uh, I actually brought my horses home and I got them in the driveway right when it came down. But I, I just felt more comfortable. There's some tornadoes in that storm. And um, I live not far from the horse park, like 15 minutes. So I could see the storm coming over the field. And I was like, I've got to get these horses in the barn. So I pulled them literally right up. They only had to walk off like three steps in the rain. So we got them home. But also Jet did her second level. She was reserve champion. Uh, Zippy Derzaver was reserve champion. So we had a really good horse show, but we were cold. I mean, one day we all had jackets on. It was crazy, but um, <laughs> it was a good. It was a good show. So um, it was fun. So we have a couple weeks off now. We we take a little break now from showing. You now go into show mode, don't you, Phil? Well, yeah, we've we've been there. I, uh, we have a competition next week, so you know, kind of back at it. Move, move into the show spot. I guess it's like five mm -hmm. minutes down the road from my house, which I love. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like when I show <laughs> at the horse park. It's very close for you. It's nice yeah. to sleep in your own bed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that'll be good, you know. So we'll probably have to take a break next week from yep. doing the radio show. But, that, but that, we will that's be just back. It'll be a good show. Sorry, yeah, sorry, we listeners. don't do it very often. We don't do it very often. We'll we'll put a best of up. Um, so some of our favorites, Phil and I, always get to pick our favorites out for that. So that's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, this is this is the go time for for Phil and I. And yeah, I quiet down. Phil Phil will get quite busy. Um, so. We're, we're looking forward to it. Well, we wish you great luck. We have a really good show for everybody. So we're going to get started right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Feeding your horse starch-laden grains can lead to colic, laminitis, and metabolic disease. Today, nutritionists are recommending the use of high-quality fat to provide healthy calories. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It's readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of starchy grains. 
Replacing grain with a high-quality fat supplement reduces a horse's risk of developing health problems. Equijoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. And best of all, horses fueled by Equijoule stay calmer and more focused on the job at hand. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Martha Cook. She is the Managing Director of Trafalgar Square, and she is actually the lady that makes the book club happen for us. So we wanted to have her on the show because it's so fun. Uh, It's been a great addition to our programming, and uh, we wanted to welcome Martha on the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Um, of course, I'm aware of the show because I send you books and <laughs> and um, connect you to authors. So it's it's great to be um, you know on the hot seat myself. I love it. Well, actually, one of our listeners requested it. Somebody said we want to hear from Martha and and hear because it is such a cool. Uh, you know, you don't. There's not a lot of print left. We were just talking about that before no. we started the show. So tell us, yeah. Martha. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I have been at Trafalgar Square Books for a frightening 35 years, so I'm giving away my age. But I did go there directly out of college. And what took me to Trafalgar Square Books uh, was Centered Riding and Sally Swift. I grew up in southern New Hampshire, about 10 miles from uh, where Sally Swift um, lived and taught. And so I was taking lessons from Sally Swift before she was centered riding. And when I got out of college with a history, art history degree, ever so useful, um, <laughs> I was looking for a a job. And I saw an ad for a book company that was looking for a marketing and publicity assistant. And I and I recognized the name. And I'm like, oh, I bought centered riding from that company. Hey, they do horse books. And I've been a horse person. I started riding when I was five. I've owned a horse since I was 12. So I applied and uh, they hired me. And at that point, we were largely a distributor of British books. But the publisher and owner, Carolyn Robbins, um, had was also connected to Sally Swift. And so she had published Centered Riding, which was the first book of um, Trafalgar Square's long list of equestrian books. And uh, the book is still in print, and it sold close to a million copies worldwide wow. since 1985. In, uh, it was translated at various times into 16 languages. So, you know, nothing like starting with your bestseller. <laughs> That's, that is amazing, yeah. and, and that is such, such a cool uh, a good book you know so mm-hmm. um yeah if, yeah if anyone wants to pick up one one of i guess a, a classic or you know however you want to mm-hmm. say that about sally yeah. Swift. she's an amazing uh, author yeah. and, and that's an amazing book i had a copy myself so i am you know one of the million people who bought that book and uh-huh. uh, you know and yeah. i was a teenager me too the- i'm yeah, I'm, another, there we go. I'm another million <laughs> yeah yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing, and we've seen it's um, you know it's been absorbed into just 
you know, general riding now. Um, you know, so some people uh, we've found you don't even know of Sally Swift yet. You know, they're probably using those basic concepts of, you know, the four basics and, you know, soft eyes and building blocks and all that kind of thing, probably when they started out riding and may not even know it. But she was a real innovator in balanced riding back in the 1980s. So, Martha, I want to talk to you a little bit about, like, you know, now you're searching out authors and 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 kind of more in the process of creating um, the books. How, how do you go about that? What what is that uh, look like from, from the from the beginning? Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of a two pronged approach. We approach um, people uh, that we feel are you know unique talents or have a name and they haven't done a book, and we feel that they have something to say. And then we also get dozens and dozens of unsolicited um, submissions, and we obviously publish only a fraction of the books that are sent to us. Um, we do. 12 to 15 new books a year. And we're a tremendously small staff. A lot of people are always amazed, um, but we're only six people and that's including um, our warehouse person. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we use freelance design, indexing and that kind of thing. But the lion's share of Trafalgar is done by a really small group of people. So, you know, we take in submissions. We have acquisition meetings every three months um, and we decide, you know, what might be missing on our list, you know, what's new um, that uh, we can bring to the front. We've kind of always been known from from centered riding, but bringing kind of for the good of the horse and innovative, sometimes alternative um, books to the, you know, equestrian marketplace. And uh, basically it takes from the time we acquire a book, we have to work about two years in advance. So right now we're acquiring books for 2024. Um, You know, some people think, oh my gosh, that's a long ways away. But, you know, with all the work that has to go into it, the editorial, the design, all the marketing, advanced marketing that gets done, um, two years, you know, spins right by for most people. Yeah, that's crazy. That makes sense. That makes sense because it takes that long by the time you distribute it and get it ready. So that Mm -hmm. would make complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, And, you know, different from, you know, people that just kind of self-publish. I mean, when they come to us, they're getting, you know, professional design, they're getting professional editing and, you know, all indexing, all that kind of thing just takes time. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, convincing Robert Dover to write a book and <laughs> and and kind of what, sure. what was that process? And, I love and it. You got, like you got a real personal <laughs> book from him. Yeah. I, I just think that yeah. that was, yeah. that was quite a special thing. So uh, I, I was just going to ask you about that. Well, you know, Jane Savoy was really connected with Robert Dover and, and Jane was both a close friend because she was a Vermonter. Um, but we published her first book, That Winning Feeling in 1992. So that was shortly after I went to Trafalgar Square. So, uh, you know, she she rode with Robert a lot and he used to, Robert referred to her as my Jane Savoy. So we were kind of connected a little bit with Robert even back then because he contributed to um, that winning feeling. And so over the years, I've, you know, seen Robert in Wellington or, you know, we've been in touch and he's like, I don't want to just write another, you know, how to do dressage book. There's nothing new to say. There's, you know, 
I can't add anything. So, you know, I just bided my time. <laughs> and uh, eventually um, I said, come on, Robert, isn't it time to kind of do a memoir kind of thing? And he, so he finally relented <laughs> and said, okay, I'll do it. Um, and he had this whole Gates of Brilliance thing where he, you know, he felt those were kind of stages, not just in his equestrian life, but in his personal life. And he was, you know, he was ready. He was ready to kind of, you know, he'd gotten to an age where he's ready to uh, let people know what his life was like. So um, it's a great deal of fun uh, working with Robert. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's a major character, as you know. <laughs> I love it. So my question is, do you have a favorite book? I, I mean, that's hard uh, question to answer, but do you have a favorite? Well, you know, it's it's kind of a rolling favorite. And, you know, it's a little bit like trying to choose between your children. Um, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. But my current favorite book is a book called Horse Brain, Human Brain, The Neuroscience of Horsemanship that we published in, in um, let's see, I guess it was last year, 20. 2021. Um, and that is a, that book is a little bit of an exception um, to our submission process. It came to us unsolicited. And um, Rebecca Didier, our managing editor, um, takes in our submissions. And she just emailed me and said, go on to the server and look at this book. We need to move on it. And it was, it was perfectly written. Janet Jones, the author, is our neuroscientist and a very experienced horsewoman. And she has written the most definitive book on the horse's brain for the layman that is out there. Um, and I really feel that, you know, it's almost one of those things where horse owners should almost have to have the book before they can own a horse. Um, it talks about how horses' vision, horses' hearing, all of those elements and how their brain cannot work like the human brain um, and how so many times, you know, we, we put onto horses that, oh, well, you know, I made him work too hard yesterday. So, you know, now he's, you know, now he's just going to be sulky today. Well, that's not even, horses can't even, <laughs> their brain cannot physiologically work like that. Um, and it really educates people. And, and she writes in a really lovely style. So right now that's my favorite book. Oh, nice, nice. We we might have to review that in the future. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm I like, thought... can we put that on our list? <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I'll uh, yeah, I think you should because you know it is it is it doesn't matter the breed, the sport. I mean, everyone should have this uh, lens onto how their horse can and cannot think. Yeah. Cool. So uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity. You are responsible for introducing our next book club book of the month. All right. Well, drum roll. It yeah, I was going to say, um, here's a desk roll. Gotcha. <laughs> it is entitled Bolder, Braver, Brighter, The Rider's Guide to Living Your Best Life on Horseback by Coach Daniel Stewart. Um, it is a sports psychology book, um, but it's also a life psychology book about being positive, being bold. And, um, you know, not, not being afraid to get out there and, and lay it on the line um, with your riding. And Daniel is a huge inspiration. He travels around the country all summer doing clinics. Um, he does a lot with young riders. He's also a uh, physical sports coach as well as a psychology sports coach. 
And we've been working with Daniel for 20 years. Um, Boulder Braver Brighter is his fourth book with us. It's a fabulous design, very modern. And anyone that wants a boost in their, you know, forward thinking, positive riding would do well to read it. Yeah. Well, I'm I excited. think, I mean, yeah, we love these kinds of books and, and, and we've um, reviewed other ones on, you know, kind of within the same topic because, mm-hmm. you know, I think when, when you're, when you're riding or when you're doing anything, 80, 90% of it is, is just your mental approach, right? And you mm-hmm. cannot have success in, in life or in, or in my opinion, in life or mm-hmm. athletics or anything, if, if you are approaching it from the wrong way mentally and it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So, right. yeah, I think this has to be a, I, I try to bring this focus, you know, to my students and, you know, like, let's deal with psychology or, or a positive approach to, to things before we can even left rein, right leg, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's never going to, you know, so right. we're, we're really excited to read this book or, you know, that, that, that and, and that. I've heard him, yeah. um, at the pony club when he, when he's been at oh, festival. Yeah. And he was mm-hmm. a couple rings over, so I'm not going to lie. When I had a, I had a break, and I was able to kind of sit in the back, and he's great. So I am I'm yeah. really looking for it. I, since I, I like I said, I only had a quick spurt of what he did, but um, really mm-hmm. enjoyed him, and I think it's going to be a really good book. So, yeah. Yeah. Martha, you can tell everybody how can they find the book and et cetera. Well, Trafalgar Square Books has a web store, and it is Horse and Rider Books. Dot com. Um, all of our books are available there. We have, you can order print books, you can download ebooks from us. Um, we have streaming video. So come and visit us. We have free shipping in the USA. And uh, we have our forthcoming books, our new books. Um, everything is done by category. So, you know, everyone should just come and and have a look around. And we really appreciate it when people support small business. Um, and uh, it makes a difference for our, for our authors, for sure, when people buy Publisher Direct. So that's um, just yeah, putting I mean, that out that, there. Yeah, I just want to kind of make that point is that you, you can order the... Uh, the books other places online, but if they want to support, uh, you know, authors and and companies, it's better to just directly order it from uh, from Trafalgar Square, and, and that goes for everything that is on a certain marketplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I just want to before we close, I just want to do a special offer for your listeners. Ooh, nice! Um, yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise. Um, I want everyone to have a coupon code to get 20% off at horseandriderbooks.com. It will be opening right now with the show and uh, uh, be active for a week. So come along and use the code DRS22. Remember, that means Dressage Radio Show 22. Uh, so use those characters in the coupon space uh, at checkout, and you'll get twenty percent off and uh, free shipping if you're listening to us in the USA. Awesome. Well, Martha, again, that's, that's thank amazing. you so much. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we appreciate you guys over there so much. And thank uh, you. And Thanks. you've been a part of Great. our team for from behind the scenes for many years. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and may it long continue. We've yes. we've got some great new books. We have some terrific new books coming. So uh, we'll be getting those to you two to have a look. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you, Martha. Have okay. a great evening. All right. Okay. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Keeping our horses happy and healthy is paramount to horse owners everywhere. Since our horses are often a reflection of the environment we create for them, the Stall and Stable Show covers ideas that help us create the best home we can. From innovations in barn design to business best practices and lifestyle segments, there's a new episode every two weeks at stallandstable.com, Horse Radio Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, tonight we are so happy to have back by popular demand, Felicitas von Neumann Cassell. Felicitas, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys so much for inviting me again. And I appreciate that you are finding another special subject for me to talk about. Um, as I understand tonight, we want to talk about the connection and contact, which seems to be the holy grail in dressage. Yes. This was One Phillips. That, yeah. <laughs> this it's, is Philip. It's my favorite question. Five minutes before the end of a lesson, somebody asks for me to be <laughs> explicitly explaining the contact. So yeah. um, what I would like to do today, maybe talk about it from a different angle, because a lot of preoccupation for the rider in their job and what they need to feel. And I think sometimes it can be helpful when you have uh, another point of view, maybe the point of view from the horse. And what I would like to do today is maybe talk about the connection from the horse's point of view and maybe how in a good training system, the connection is developed, which is obviously a, a way of acceptance of the bid for the horse but also a whole way of moving moving the body so the horse can accept a bit and that the horse can then start to carry itself, which that in turn will actually give us the feedback in our hands, what we feel and what we need to maybe help the horse with or not help the horse with. So for me, when I have either a young horse or I have a horse that comes for retraining, I really put high emphasis on the horse, even on the ground, respecting the bit. So I don't hold the rein tight when I'm on the ground, but when I walk the horse and I have a light touch, I accept them or I expect them to give in the pole and follow softly. And if I touch the bit and the horse doesn't follow softly, my response will be to move the body. And I'm not going to go into too many details, but the big point for me is to help the horse understand that using its body in a certain way will help it to get lighter on the bit instead of I'm pulling, you're pulling, then I'm pulling back. And I, I sometimes do simple things like walk little small circles and if the horse doesn't follow, I'll tap it a little in the belly and make it a little quicker so it gets lighter on his feet so it can lighten. Another thing that I will do is that I will do on the ground a little work on on their neck to show them that they can actually arch their neck and and release in the jaw and that the rein can be super soft so that I show them what I want them to do with their body. So then in the first step of training, let's say we have a young horse, um, what we want to show the horse is that the bit is actually like the front axle of the wheel, if you think about the horse having two wheels, the hind end turning and the front end turning. And I feel like the movement has to turn through that front axle of that front wheel. So what that would mean in a young horse 
we imagine our training level frame, the horse's, you know, top line is kind of level. And you see a horse that starts to arch his neck, kind of like the image of a horse looking over the edge of the cliff, but not falling down. And finding a stable contact so as it goes forward, it can flow and connect. And the image here is that you can feel that if that front axle gets tight, means if your hands get tight or the horse is pulling down, then there's no more flow through the contact, but there is basically, you will tell that the horse either is going to root into it and that feeling of flow that the movement can flow through the bit kind of disappears. And I think that's incredibly important in the very beginning with young horses. And I think that's often a stage where a lot of mistakes happen, where the rider's either intimidated by a horse that's moving too big or they're afraid of a horse that has a little bit of a temperament issue. But that to me is a really, really important phase. And I think it is important to teach the horses at that point that the connection has nothing to do with steering or stopping. But basically, at that point, when the horse goes around and arches and reaches into the contact, you start to feel how they will follow your weight and how they will follow your seat because that is something that is built into the horse. It's not something, yes, we train it and we help it with the training, but their reflexes and responses. And I think that's a really important time to realize how stable the bit actually is without it being stiff or rigid. And so this is, I think, and we can easily imagine this flowing forward horse going into the contact and the person steering with their core, steering with their seat and riding transitions by shifting their weight and riding, you know, transitions on their seat. I know that is a skill and maybe some of our listeners do not understand that skill, but I would like for them to imagine that their hands are not the part that create the stop at first or the turn. For me, the hand later is the more sophisticated, helps to frame the horse, like you can give it lateral flexion and help for, therefore, for bending and so forth. But steering and stopping is not really the main goal. And so from here, when you visualize it, now you think about, you know, we're moving up the levels, so to speak. And I just would like for you to imagine the horse. And when you see a horse going from a training level frame to now we can slowly fast forward to second level or third level and fourth level to very maybe in the end to the idea of a horse being able to do a Grand Prix, one of the things that we would like to see at all times that the horse keeps that sense of, um, I think somebody else called it like it, the horse bridges its neck over the bit. It is that idea that it lengthens the neck out of the top um, the same way as I described looking over the edge of the cliff, but staying balanced back, which gives the idea that because the neck is around, that the front really stays a wheel. And as the horse starts to collect, the wheel gets bigger in front. The withers comes up, the neck, the horse starts to be able to raise his chest, and therefore it can stay light on the contact. It doesn't have to lean. And 
it it's not seen very often, but I think a wonderful example for you to to go and look look at Sabine should carry with her Senseo stallion. I mean, when she rides at her high collection, you can see how she can push her hands forward and that horse is still reaching into the bit. He's real stretching into the bit. And for me, that is really the image that I'd like to see for the horse to carry itself. And now for you as listeners to think about what, why am I trying to describe all of this is that you start to have to think that within training, the bit has to be in, you have to have an, a visual of where does it have to be. I'm talking about now if the hands are getting too far back and the neck is too short, then that front wheel can't turn anymore. If the head of the horse is too far down, then the contact can't be nice because the balance goes down. Or if the neck is bracy and not arching anymore, you will not find a good contact. It doesn't matter how much you feel or what you do. So we want to have this image in mind. And I think another aspect talking about the horse, I think is very important to think about is that when the horse starts to round and then it rounds his neck upward and the rider's hands are in the right place, you want to see where the, actually the, when I feel the horse's mouth, where do I feel it? And when a horse goes well and picks itself up, you start to feel like you're feeling literally the, the, the bit in the little bit more in the corners of the horse's mouth. And I think that's one thing that is really important to consider for the rider. Where am I connecting with the horse? Because if your hand comes down and you push your hands down and the bit starts to go onto the bars of the mouth, the horse will either disappear or brace against you. So to realize that hand position sometimes varies so that we can stay in the corners of the mouth to make the horse comfortable to be able to accept the bit. I, um, I, re- I really, uh, uh, yeah, I really like that point. Um, maybe I haven't heard it quite put that way before, but that that just makes total sense to me, you know, as far as riders who carry their hands too low and then and then activates on the bar or a horse that comes too high in the head, like all of these things. Maybe maybe we can talk about, uh, you know, kind of some of the basics, you know, you said about, uh, you know, a very young horse and, and what what's our first movement that we want to be able to ride in a balanced way is, uh, you know, like a, a circle, a, a, you know, very big circles. It's a really good point. You know, as I was trying to describe that, when I, just to take it for an example, when I have a green horse, I make sure, I mean, I, I, I have a nice indoor arena with walls, so I don't worry about being taken in any sense or form somewhere where I don't want to go. So I don't have to be forced to hold on to the horse's mouth. But when I feel them go in balance straight down the long side, my first test will be, could I do a half a 20-meter circle in the middle of the arena and then straighten the horse again? So that in very little ways, you start to turn off your seat and see how much can the horse follow without losing the connection. And Yeah, well, what I, what I see can... very commonly is, 
you know, a, a rider turning the horse with inside rein only and, and thinking about like, oh, I have to bend the horse. And, and then they've got all this front end bend and, and the horse is running off the other way and, and all kinds of problems like that. And so, um, you know, if you're not balancing the entire horse, yeah, you're, you're not doing a good job. Yes, I think that is probably one of the most common conflicts that you can see. And I think I, to begin with, again, I think the education for the rider to really feel that they can turn the horse off their seat is important because that's where sometimes the problem starts when their body says go straight and then they're trying with their hands to say turn. And the other issue is that the thought of the rain is not a steering but an alignment issue. So the idea of what you're just describing how can we help people to understand that when your inside rein comes too far, the horse overbends and now the outside shoulder falls out. So your front wheel doesn't have any alignment anymore. The hind wheel can't drive the front wheel. So it's like a car going through a turn and kind of sliding out because you didn't steer the wheel straight enough. And I think to maybe help our riders to understand that when you want to connect the horse, the first thing you have to have is the shoulders have to stay in front of the haunches, and then you can flex the horse in the pole if you want to frame them and help them in a turn. But you have to keep that alignment of the shoulders, uh, or like you just said, the balance goes astray. And that sometimes even a, a counter positioning can be helpful to come around the turn if your shoulders are not staying aligned in front of the haunches, can be a very helpful tool. Yeah, and, and just one one extra point on that is just to say that the horse rounds itself not because the bit is pulling backwards, but because you've given them good balance and engagement, and then exactly. and then the frame exactly. happens, right? You make it. You, you try to balance the horse and send exactly. them forward. So that the the frame exactly. the frame is natural to the horse, and if you feel like you're pulling pulling on his mouth or or you know something like that to just you know be be a force of of power, and that, that that's that's never going to work properly, anyways. It, you know, it, and, and no, it's 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 not going to work. But I think that the like what you described in the beginning there is the the issue of people not feeling the lack of balance or the lack of alignment. Because if I if I for a moment have to be strong with my hand, but I put my horse in balance and then my hand soften, the horse can carry itself. And often they are not at all mindful for me to be for a moment momentarily stronger because right the next ride, I can soften again. But if I pull the horse out of balance and I'm strong, it's going to brace more, and then there is no more giving afterwards, you know. And so, yeah. what what I like to do a lot for for people to have that sense that they can that they can steer up the seat and that the horse can go to their contact is do little exercises that are very simple. But being, for example, in a circle, let the horse stretch until you feel it starting to arch his neck, and then in, I mean, getting round when they stretch downward. And then not even let the neck go down so far, kind of gently pick the ears back up, take the reins a little shorter, see if you can keep the horse just as soft and stretchy and a little shorter frame that's more up. And then you can, if you feel and get bracy a little bit, 
stretch them again, and then maybe you don't have to stretch them that far, and then you bring them back up so that they can, that the horse starts to realize, oh, I can round my neck up and I can keep that stretchy and light feeling. At the same time, when the horse can get lighter, it really challenges the rider to do steer off their seat and keep the horse between their legs in a soft way and be more aware of the horse's rib cage. So it's not like you said earlier that the horse can put itself into the connection. And so I think that is a really important part for people to feel that the horse can even in collection, like I like to to do an Eversleichen in a half pass or, or, or an Eversleichen in a pirouette. Can you really sit the horse down and then make a slack in the rain? And you know, it carries itself. Yeah. Yeah, people go wrong there. And I think you're so right. That's so basic, but it's actually incredibly important. You know, it's, 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 such it's so difficult to do to to be balanced on the horse and, and actually be able to yeah. to uh, influence yourself, to put yourself in a good balance and then influence the horse to, to have a good balance. It, I mean, it takes forever. Know, the, 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 the interesting thing is, though, it, it, seems, it, it seems so complicated, but when the spot is there, it's so simple. And really, yeah. because when balance yes. is there for both horse and riders, it's not a big deal, you know. It's, but that's just the the simplicity of it is sometimes mind boggling for 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 people that haven't experienced it, because they expect it's got to be all of this and this and this, and we got to do this and that, and really isn't much of any of that. So yeah. that's really a, I think, something that people have a hard time realizing until they have felt it and that's where having a good schoolmaster not so much a horse that does incredibly fancy tricks but a good schoolmaster that can be round and light and can come up for somebody to feel that you can actually feel this little bit of collection and staying that light and you can steer you see can be eye-opening so these are that's a those are having access to something like that is incredibly important. Yeah. And I think because... I mean, I have a I have a young assistant right now that is lo- learning all these things and she's a very talented rider, but putting her one time on a really well-trained horse and just stepping behind it with the stick just a little and giving her the feeling what it feels like when the horse gathers itself for a piaf step but gets lighter and lighter and comes together is like eye-opening for her. Yeah. It's an eye-opening feeling. And, having, and I think that's what connection is, right? I think that's, that's, it's the bow shape and is how it changes as the horse develops. Uh, I want to mention, because we talked about the horse's mouth, I think that the part that's really overlooked for people in understanding is that the, the bone, the tongue is connected to the hyoid bone that goes into the TMJ and is kind of a U shape, has a muscular connection to the base of the neck and to the sternum, actually, and behind the shoulder blades. And so when the horse is not soft and stretchy, even when it collects, when that area gets tight, there's a lot of blocking going on. The horse cannot move his front legs as well, cannot move the hind legs as well. So besides that it's the beautiful bow and the the wonderful feeling Without the horse reaching into the bit, it's going to be blocked to move the way it needs to move. And I think that's people don't really understand that enough. If you have a double bridle or a rein and you pull back in that area in the neck, the horse, you know, the horse gets a little U-shaped in the neck or braces in the under neck and the area in the pole right behind the jaw gets really tight. Horse cannot 
has a really hard time flexing laterally, but, but that puts a lot of pressure on a very sensitive area in the horse. And I think a lot of horses get in trouble there. And I think that we need to remember that and mention that. So there is more education. That's, that's a, that's a great point. So actually Felicity, we're going to, we're going to cut here and uh, yeah. we're going to be back to talk more about contact and connection because uh, yeah. Uh, it's a huge topic, and and so uh, yeah. we'll give you another uh, opportunity to carry on about about this topic. Okay. But for today, okay. we're done. How can people okay. find you online? I think you can follow me on Facebook. That's the best thing. I have a professional page um, that's easy to find, and otherwise, you can find me at First Choice Farm three zero one eight five four six five four one, and I started teaching some more symposium-style events around the country. And I think it's been a really great success and a lot of fun to be able to show a little bit more in detail, you know, how the synergy of horse and rider can go together with some creative ideas and tools, how to help, you know, both of you. So as horse and rider. Fantastic. Well, Phil, I, I actually lied. We have a horse show this weekend too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it this weekend? Yeah, not not this Saturday, but the Saturday after. And uh, Neo, my youngster's going to go. And I have the Rose Halter. And it is from Trust Design. And it is so cute on him. I love it. And he's going to go to the horse show with that halter on. Uh, it's a little schooling show. Um, nothing super fancy. My sister's going to ride as well. Um, so it's her first time at a horse show in a long time. And so I let me let her borrow one of my halters for her horse, Danny. And that's uh, going to be great. We're going to pull the horses up you know, under the trees with the trailer. And, uh, I can't wait to, uh, have that little, have his little halter on. So, um, I know you guys are going to be sporting it in Canada as well. Uh, I, I really think that that, uh, you know, the pink on the dark, on the dark horses really stands out nicely and, uh, and, and, you know, just gets the horses noticed and, and, you know, shows off really, really well. So everybody listeners can get, their trust design halters at www.trustdesign. That's T R V S T.com. And we've got a discount code for you. Uh, if you enter H R N, you're going to get 10% off on checkout. So that's, uh, that's perfect. And we, and we thank them over there for all their support. Well, we have a great trust design tip of the week. And we were talking off air about our trainer tip of the week. And right now, because it's in the midst of show season. Um, so what I do always is when I get my test back or, you know, anyone that I'm coaching, we kind of look at what I call low hanging fruit, which are things that we can fix literally overnight. And to me, those are mainly geometry questions. Wouldn't you agree, Phil? I mean, there's certainly some square halts and, you know, a little better turn on the haunches. But in general, you do not want to lose points on geometry. So we wanted to remind everyone a little bit about the structure of the arena. We have done this before, but it's been a while. And, you know, now it's time to really review it because it's show season and we don't want you to miss points. So remember that a, a full dressage court is 20 by 60 meters. So if you break it down, that if you're looking at the short side, which is 20 meters from the corner 
to the quarter line is five meters. From the quarter line to the center line is another five meters. And it would be repeated the same on the other side. So that would be, that would equal 20 meters. So just remember the, the markers. So I'm looking at right now, I am, um, the diagram that I'm looking at, A is closest to me and C is furthest away, just so you can kind of see how the arena is positioned. But when you look at the, from the corner marker of the arena to the first marker, right? So from the corner to M in this case, it is six meters. Between M and R is 12 meters. R and B is 12 meters. B and P is 12 meters. P and F is 12 meters. And F to the corner marker is six meters. Okay, that is the same on the other side. So you can actually Google dressage arena pops right up. That's what I did because I want to make sure um, <laughs> that I told you guys exactly right. Um, but so for example, when you have a 20 meter circle at C, you actually, if you were to look at the diagram, it, you are going to go two meters past I for your circle point. Okay, so you may have to actually pull up pull up a test and, and look at this. I think a lot of people on a 20-meter circle make them 18 meters, and the judges know that trick. So the judges are actually looking <laughs> at the line of S, I, and R, and you better come past it. The same, that is literally the magic point in the arena if you're doing training level, because that is the same point that your serpentine loop in training level test three will go to. So it's two meters closest to X between I and L are that is that magical circle point. So I think that's really important. So for me, those are those are some really important parts of the arena. Phil, I know you have yours too. Um, so I'm gonna pass it to you. Well, uh, you know, for me it's it's less about like you can know it, but then you have to practice it. And then you've got to not get too much in your head riding your test to, you know, maybe you're looking at the horse's ears or you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, this is, this is a great trot. And then you're not going, you're not meeting your mark. So it's a bit of a, uh, a multitasking issue for some people We're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot to look where I was going or, you know, and I've done it too. We've, I mean, everybody does it, but, but like, like reset is like, this is, low-hanging fruit i mean no matter what if your horse is you know trotting for a 10 but you're not hitting the the points to which you should you're not getting a 10 so it, it, it's rare that that you know a, a rider is going to have a horse that trots for a 10 so you know if you're if your starting mark is eight let's say you're going to get two marks off three marks are like what you know don't throw that stuff away like all of it is important right so um, you know, think about it as you're practicing your test so to be aware of it when when you actually get in the ring in front of a judge. that that that's kind of where I'm going with this. Yes. I just think it's really and, and it's also important, I think, you know, if, when you're in there and you're like riding along and you have to do a ten meter circle. and and let's say it's at a weird spot. Uh, this happened to me this weekend when I was doing um first level test three. I knew I needed to do a ten meter circle. But I had a moment of panic. I haven't done that test in a while. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. And, but I knew what the places were, right? I knew it was 12 meters between each marker. And, and essentially it was 
essentially halfway. It's five meters, but you know, I, you look almost halfway to find your circle points. So if you really know and have memorized the arena, then that's really important information as you go, go through. So I, I just wanted to bring it up as our trainer tip of the week. I thought it was super important to, to remember. Yeah, um, I just wanted to, I just want to throw one one yeah. extra tip tip about this and and doing your and geometry correctly. So um, you know another little trick that I use is that you know as I'm doing my walk warm up, whether it's yeah. on a short rain, long rain, you know whatever, I'm actually practicing. Uh, you know, so I have three horses at Priest St. George this year. That eight meter circle is tricky. So yes. I, I'm walking through the eight meter circle every day and, and putting it at different places and just saying, you know, just to, to train my body and my horse's body to, uh, to recognize that, that shape and that pattern for no other reason than just to, you know, look up and, and ride it. And I know that I'm going to be able to hit my, hit my markers because even the horses at that level, the, the most common, like if I'm working on stuff, I'm going to do a 10 meter circle um, because it, it just flows better. It's more naturally balanced and whatever. I'm only, I'm only practicing eight meter circles when I'm practicing the test. And that might be once or twice a week. So, um, but every day I'm just going to, I'm going to walk through, walk through that circle or, you know, other, other parts of the test, which are a bit tricky or, or have, you know, funny, funny movements and funny spots. I walk it every day. That's, yeah, I that's agree my... completely. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I think that a... that goes into, no, I think that's great. And I did the same thing in the warm up at the horse show, but there was no, where I warmed up, there was no arena to kind of get my head wrapped around it. So, um, I think that's really important just to remember that as you go through. So I love it. Uh, I hope that's a hot, uh, you know, it's not a hot tip or, you know, hot take it by any means, but I think it's a good reminder. And that's why we wanted to bring it up for today. So, um, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs, keep them coming. Uh, we know everyone's really busy right now. Give your trainers a little extra love, maybe an extra coffee. Um, I know every trainer I know right now, we're all working really hard. So, uh, it's the, it's the go time of the season. So, uh, maybe give your trainer a little love. I'm shouting out to all the trainers today. Um, but as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is MapleCrestFarmKY, and my email is Reese at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook, or my email is Philip at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. We will talk to you in a few weeks. We're thinking about you. Just uh, working hard, showing, and uh, doing, doing dressage things. So have a great week. Mm-hmm.